0: Dive in with code wingeeks 15 to save 15% off your first order
1: at Toink.com. Another episode of Wookie Radio. It is the Smuggler's Three Ten, Derek and myself. Mike, how are you guys doing? Pretty good. Not bad. Now that it's no longer ninety degrees. Uh, yes, I hear you on that one. Uh, but gentlemen, I have on the line with us. Uh, they have not been interrupted by the first order yet. Hope they continue to stay not interrupted. But we have Martin. Drew and Christy from the Heroes of the Halcyon podcast. How are you guys doing?
4: Doing great. Doing great. Thank
1: you. So, um, they, y'all were in March on the Halcyon. So. Voyage
3: number six in
1: okay. March. Okay. I was probably there. Um, I, I was only on the ship for about two months, uh, part of opening team and, then back to Epcot shortly after.
4: But, well, you're very much appreciated. It was a lot of fun.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah. It, it is a lot of fun. <laughs>
2: Two months.
1: Um, But before we go any further. We're going to play a round of Smuggler's (sighs) Feud. (laughs) This puts up Wookiee Radio against the heroes of the Halcyon. Uh, Here we go. Here we go. In uh, Star Wars Family Feud, but we call it Smuggler's Feud here. uh, We played a little different. Uh, Each round, each team has a chance to either not earn a strike or earn a strike. Three strikes, you're out. If both teams earn their third strike in the same round, highest answer wins the game. So I've got three cards. Heroes of the Halcyon, pick one, two, or three.
2: Three of us, number
1: three. Okay. Eight answers on the board. What martial arts do you think Luke Skywalker would be good at?
3: Martial arts. Yes. Ah, uh, geez, what was that martial arts from that I'm PlayStation trying, video game, Terus That's what I'm trying to think of. Um, doing. boy, if I got to get an exact answer here, I'm going to say Terus Boy, that's a long ago video game, but
1: that's my uh, answer. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and give you guys a chance to change the answer. Just don't think hmm. to Star Wars.
0: Yeah, shut off your Star Wars brain. This game was made for um, general population. Oh. Karate, yoga.
1: <laughs> so we're doing karate or yoga karate karate number one answer oh well snap. look at that nice wookie radio i
0: don't know let's go kung fu it's the, it's sure. the second best known martial art
5: mm.
1: number seven. Oh wow apparently
5: it's the seventh best known yeah
3: <laughs>
5: let's go jujitsu number four
1: number four Oh. What do that's, you think, Derek? That's three above seven there.
5: Yeah. Uh, let's do Oi. Oh, um I'm surprised they put eight on this one. I know really, I know. really. Let's do, let's do Krav Maga. Maga. Oh that's a good one. Mm. Oh. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, a fan, fan of
3: terrible eighties movies, so I really want to see Jim Kata. But, that's, <laughs> that's, that's
1: yeah. but Tai Chi? <laughs> chance or are we going
3: with I see.
1: <clears throat> number three oh okay
5: hmm
0: just because he's a jedi um capoeira would be really cool if he could actually use the force for that but i don't know if it'd be on the list or not
3: mm. how about taekwondo oh there you go number five
1: Three answers left. I'm trying to drive down the street and see all the storefronts.
4: You know, oh, yeah, the that's true. To see martial arts. Is judo the same thing as ju-
3: jujitsu? I'd say judo would be separate. Yeah, let's say judo. Number
1: two. Oh, all right. Back to Wookiee Radio. You
0: know what? It'd be strike number two, Derek, or else, mm. I, would, or else I would say um kendo. I don't know. What do you think? You think it might be on there since it's all about yeah, swordcraft?
1: Show sure. kendo. Number six. Nice. Ah, cool. Mm. How many are left? One. Ah. And it's number two, right? Nope. Karate oh. one, judo two, tai chi three, ah. jiu-jitsu four, taekwondo five, kendo six, kung fu seven. We're looking for number eight. Ooh. Drum roll, please. I think you got a good one, Christine.
2: Let's try Muay Thai.
1: Mm.
0: Ooh. I thought that was a good one. Mm. <laughs> what do you think, Derek? I don't Actually, know left. You want to go and think ninjutsu might be there? Ooh. Nice sure why not everybody likes a good ninja so ninjutsu
5: I like it mm. nope okay I was rooting for you <laughs> Let's see somebody was
4: <laughs> so uh
0: drunken boxing <laughs> 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 yeah we'll go with that sure actually it's drunken kung fu drunken boxing either way okay Where are we going with uh drunken kung fu drunken kung fu I like it mm. Oof. But the buzzer says no. So if we don't get it on this one, the game's over because we've already out two strikes. So we got to have something good, Derek. I don't have
5: anything, let alone anything good. Uh, I got nothing. Uh, uh, I got nothing. I have nothing. Yeah,
0: I, I had Capoeira earlier, but we didn't um, actually use it as an answer, I don't think. Did we? Yeah. Well, let's go we, with
1: that. Might as well. That's Joe, mm. And heroes and wait the win.
4: Woo-hoo. All right. We got lucky because I wasn't gonna I, come up with an I wow. well, yeah, we we were at the
0: end of that rope. I got six or seven other ones in my head, but the stuff I know are isn't gonna be on there.
1: Number eight. Boxing. Oh
0: okay. ah, well, technically boxing point. is a martial art.
1: Sure, yeah. sure. I'm,
3: really, I'm awesome.
1: <laughs> so Tell us a little bit about Heroes of the Hacienda. Well,
3: oh boy, we have been interested in Galactic Star Cruiser as a thing since the moment it was first announced, before it even had a name, um, back when it was just the quote-unquote Star Wars Hotel. Um, uh, the, the phrase that makes us all kind of shiver <laughs> now. <laughs> so we were just always just eagerly awaiting, when's it going to open? What's the pricing? What's it going to be? And we just kept meeting and meeting over it, and finally when it was announced, dates, we just... Had to make it happen, and we loved the entire experience. This two-day all-inclusive Star Wars experience, just like nothing else out there. And we found out that a lot of people loved to talk about it just as much as we did. And it's kind of fun reaching people every week to you know get their experiences and kind of you know give them tips and tricks about how to make the most of their voyage. Um, but Galactic Star Cruiser, we just uh, we're actually going back for our second voyage. in around what ten weeks. Something like that. And uh, boy, we're uh, using what we know now to make it even uh, better the second time. Very cool.
2: All so, things, depending, most weeks, it almost feels like a support group.
3: <laughs> a, a Star Cruiser withdrawal support group,
4: yes. Yeah. yeah we, we enjoyed, uh, we, about a week after we left the the Star Cruiser, we were meeting for lunch, and we were talking about it on a, a, gosh, every other day basis. And I think we made our plans to go back for the second voyage within two weeks. And just like you said, Christine, it, it very much is a, a support group. We get to talk about it more and, and really enjoy uh, – reaching out to people on Facebook and talking to other people who enjoy it. It's been great.
1: Excellent. Eric, for, you know, how I could tend to start to dominate the conversation. Any questions mm. for, for the gang? Not at the moment. Of course, the other person who would ask questions. It's not on mic yet. <laughs> so Ken, you have any questions for the gang, for the heroes of the ah, Halcyon? Yeah, I had to step away for a
0: second. So, um, but Uh, so I'm not sure what you guys covered so far. Have you covered it? How long have you guys been at this so far? Uh, Actually making a podcast.
3: Episode 12 comes out this week. Yeah. If uh, I'm not mistaken. So we're relatively new in the gang, but um, it's been fun meeting a lot of the people. We got to meet some of the Imagineers that worked on the project. um, Talking to a bunch of people that work on the project. So it's, it's been a really uh, whirlwind several, several weeks getting this, started yeah we we launched
4: uh yeah we launched the the friday of uh, star wars celebration so
1: which was amazing uh who who's been some of the people you've had on as guests
4: we interviewed uh, um, Holly Fry uh, from Stuff You Missed in History Class. Uh, she's a big uh, and full of Sith podcast, of course. Uh, so she was on a couple weeks ago. We've also talked with uh, the Princess and Scoundrel, so Sarah Mack and her husband, Stephen.
3: Mike uh, Celestino. From-
4: Mike Celestino from the laughingplace.com. He uh, covered his experience recording his uh, videos that he did as part of his voyage when he went. So, yeah, that's been a lot of fun.
3: Yeah, Mike Celestino actually did a feature-length series of videos that he cut together into a an actual narrative uh, adventure, and that was really fun kind of talking to you him know, about that process. And
4: We're looking forward to, we've got a, a couple of other interviews lined up. We're very excited to talk to Dano next week because uh, he's also a big uh, cool. fan of the the experience, so he'll be fun
0: to oh, chat.
1: Yeah. We, we, had, we had Dano on here a long, uh, it's been what, a couple of years?
0: No, it's just been a couple months, I thought. I thought it was earlier this year no I don't know. I'd have to go
3: back on the website if it's been updated
1: Danos should still be up there I have not had a chance to update the site yet.
3: <laughs> well much like uh, you know you folks is that Dano is so big into Star Wars toys and that's definitely a lifelong passion of mine so I love talking Star Wars love talking Star Wars toys anytime I can
1: um Holocronicles, be a great show for you guys to reach out to they are Star Wars collectors nice cool they want with cool. the toys yeah, and, and previous guests on the show. Cool. Uh, now you said you or you know, have, have talked to some Imagineers, or is it on the list of upcoming?
3: No, we actually got to meet several of them at Celebration, um, and we just kind of we would, it was really fun just to get their perspective on you know what they were trying to accomplish, and you know they it was funny when we met the Imagineers, they were asking us more questions. Yeah. And then then we were asking them, and that was a, a kind of a fascinating, uh, and we even got to to speak to uh, Scott Trowbridge and, you know, just talked about how emotional the Galactic Star Cruiser experience was, which was really a surprise for us. I mean, we expected it to be, you know, very Star Wars, very action-oriented, and it is, but we also didn't expect you to actually, like, feel something for these yeah. characters, and that was kind of a rewarding thing for for these, you know, the Imagineers and the entire team to hear that they really hit that because that was a specific goal. They told us that they really wanted you to feel something for these characters and really miss them when you had to leave. And boy, do you? <laughs> yes, it's pretty it crazy. Worked.
0: <laughs> Star Wars is doing it right. Did you, you do get you do get hit in the feels. Uh, I, I was totally surprised a couple of years ago. Um, I went down to Cincinnati when uh, they had the Star Wars costumes exhibit down there. Then when I was touring for a while. And uh, I didn't expect, but as soon as I walked down the hallway to where the exhibit's at, I turned the corner. The first thing you see is um, Alec Guinness's Obi Wan Kenobi costume just sitting there. Wow. And I actually got tears. I got tears. I'm like, where's
5: this coming from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it took
0: me a couple minutes to compose myself.
5: That same thing happened to me a few years ago when uh, our local museum, when the Museum of Science in Boston had a. Uh, Star Wars exhibit with all the old, all the props and stuff they used in the movie. And they had like the actual Millennium Falcon that they used. It was just, it was so cool.
3: Yeah. It's amazing to me that so much stuff still exists from the the very first, you know, New Hope film. Because no one, I mean, Empire, everyone knew they were making a hit when they were making it. But New Hope, the fact that any of that stuff mm. still exists to me is amazing.
1: Uh, that's the, the mind of Lucas. He, he knew to archive everything from the get go. Uh, astounding.
4: For me, the the main emotion I got uh, was seeing the basically the Greedo costume at uh, Seattle's M- Museum of Pop Culture or whatever that was. They have the full outfit there, and it was oh, cool. really cool. I, I didn't cry so much because you know Greedo he he doesn't make me cry. But it was just amazing to actually see something that was you know in the movie that was used, that was actually something that that was part of obviously something that I love so much. Right. Very cool. We did hear a good story from Holly Fry on our episode. I don't know if we put this in the episode, but she was mentioning that she saw Princess Leia's dress and was really excited to see it. That Wasn't it the, the best-been costume? Dressed, yes. Mm-hmm. And and she said, uh, but when she looked really close, clearly somebody had maybe a little bit too much pepperoni pizza or something greasy was all over no. the dress. <laughs> but that kind of, uh, kind of <laughs> spoiled it just a little bit, I guess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> who knows? That may have been Carrie herself. Uh, who knows? Who knows?
3: Can you imagine going back in time and just seeing someone like, put a coffee cup on with these like you know, <laughs> yeah. iconic costumes and whatnot. Like, uh. oh, yeah. Well,
0: you got to remember no, when they were
5: making do
0: costumes, they didn't know they were iconic. Right, right.
3: They were just costumes in the movie. Well, we, we were talking uh, last week about, you know, like the whoever it is that designed the, the stormtrooper armor. That was just a couple days work for that person probably. And did they, how could they possibly ever even know that this was going to be on lunch boxes and pajamas, you know, 45 and plus years later. Um, yeah. What a, what a lasting impact. I just, I'm i I'm a grown man. And I still, still collect it all.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what were some of your favorite takeaways from, uh, from the lady H? Oh, wow. I know well, you, you will never hear a cast member on ship ever call her the lady H. Right. even though that is a term we are allowed to use.
3: Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. That's that's getting archived in my memory right now. Um, really, the, the takeaway for me was just don't go in with any expectations as to what route you're going to go. Let the experience just take you on whatever path feels right in the moment because uh, I, I've heard some people talk about how they really chased down one particular you know, storyline. And I, I think that just stay open to it. And that was just the, the story just unfolds in such an organic way that you really feel like you're in a Star Wars story talking to Star Wars characters when you're standing there. I mean, the, the commercials to me before we went didn't look quite right. It didn't look, you know, Star Wars. It didn't look um like it, it spoke to me as an adult Star Wars fan. Oh, boy, when yeah. you're on the ship. When you're on the ship, it works. It works entirely. I bought it all. The other takeaway that I
4: had was uh, I, I'm the, the token nerd of the group, and I just am fascinated by the technology. I'm fascinated by the basically how they manage to work with the actors, and they work with you know the cast members and the crew members who are on the ship. And they just create an experience that… Um, 200 people leave that ship, and Wraith Cole is their best friend. Everybody thinks that they're Wraith's best friend. I was Wraith's best friend. (laughs) So the fact that they managed to tie all the technology and all of everything into making the interactive experience something unique for essentially every individual on that ship is just amazing to me. I'm super excited to see that when we go back.
2: Well, and the fact, too, that it wasn't just that they were – able to make it happen, it's how immediate it happened. As soon as you stepped on board, the first character or cast member that talked to you, if you just let yourself go, you're gone. Like you you forget, it's like being in Vegas. You forget what time it is, you forget what day it is, it doesn't matter. You're on the Halcyon and you're off on an adventure. I agree with
3: all that. It's actually gonna be very difficult for for me personally on our second voyage, when we go back to see different actors in these roles, you know, and, and it's going to be okay. I'm, I'm in it to win it for whatever, you know, performers there, but I'm so attached to, you know, that captain, that Wraith, you know, that Lenka Mok, uh, that to see a different face on those characters is going to be an unusual thing, but I have no, I have no uh, issue thinking that that's going to just dissipate once the story begins.
4: And I think that's a very common experience when you hear people talk about their trip. they Their wraith is their wraith, their croy is their croy, And that's because you don't know the people, you just know the characters. And they do such an amazing job of fleshing out those characters as three-dimensional human beings. Which clearly they are, <laughs> but they they just become real and it's just a, a testament to the whole experience.
1: My family's looking forward to the day that we're able to do it um, eventually and even with everything I do know about the ship and the behind the scenes and everything else, um, I, I think I've, I've told these guys I you know I could see myself leaning more towards a, a scoundrel type path, but I never know until I get on there and see just how things play out right. Right. now what does what does the family draw me towards do we all end up taking our own paths don't know when we when we went the first time we were lucky my son uh
4: joined us uh he was 13 at the time and he went 100 percent first order and so uh he he basically was on his own the entire couple of days for the experience and each night at dinner we'd come back and we'd We'd learn about the things that he did because we didn't go first order. So it was really cool to have somebody who was seeing some of the other perspectives of the ship and seeing some other perspectives of character. So it, it was cool to be able to split up and do individual things and not just be in lockstep with one another.
1: Is there a favorite thing or element from your your two day your yeah your two day stay that that really stuck out to you?
3: I mean the, the easy answer there that just, I think everyone that goes would say is is the performers. But let's let's go deeper than that. And I will say the the actual set design for me was so amazing. The bridge set they have um, didn't, didn't look, just look generic sci-fi to me in the the pictures beforehand. When you get to actually play the bridge training and it is, it is basically a big live action video game um, that you're playing for two days. I mean, you're a character in this game and that really is a good way to think about it is think about it as a game. Um, and you're playing and you're a character in that game. And, uh, I, I had a great time, but the, the, my favorite thing, um, on the ship, I would say, boy, I, I, this is not the answer I expected to give before the voyage. I absolutely loved lightsaber training. It looked, it looked so childish in the promos and when you're there, it's anything, but it really kind of came across really cool to me. I mean, what would you think, Christine?
2: Yeah, for me Personally, and like very personally, without getting spoilery, uh, the, the best thing to me was the, the scoundrel half finale. And part of that was because uh, my character is a part Twi'lek, and because it involved Gaia, Gaia it felt very um, connected in that way. And uh, our Gaia uh, and our Wraith were both just amazing. And and by the end of that that entire journey, I, I mean, I truly felt like I'm a Dwylluk and I'm from Ryloth and I'm here for you and whatever we need to do. You know, it was just it's like we said, it's, it's been kind of a support group since we've been back because you're just so emotionally invested in such a short period of time. And I've never done any kind of cosplay before. I've never done any kind of role playing before. So it was all very new. And I didn't know what it was going to be like prior to going. And by the end, I was like, we need to do this every day. That was amazing. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah cuz Christine you share her her costume was head to toe completely we're we're talking 100% makeup you know the the leku tails uh for her Twi I mean she was 100% decked yeah. top to bottom very striking visual um but yeah the the kinship you had with the Gaia character was really fun to see how they played off that
2: and because we went early enough uh we were actually able to go to Batu I was actually able to go to Batu in full makeup And so that was pretty epic to walk around Batu, you know, in full makeup and have everybody, you know, assume, although we made sure, tell everybody we didn't. But to assume that you were part of the Batu experience, that you were a character there. So, yeah, that was pretty fun. Very cool. Very cool. Andrew?
4: For me, like I said, I I still am fascinated by the tech. I I can't get over it. Just the fact that uh, when you hang around the characters – at some point there's some technology that basically knows that you've been around that, that, that character. And so in the app that's part of the experience that really ties in and gives missions, the app basically recognizes that you were with character X and so suddenly Character X is reaching out to you saying, hey, that was really cool. We talked earlier. I want you to do this mission for me and go see this person down in this other part of the ship or uh, run off to this other spot and do this. And just watching – we were very lucky. I've heard some, some people had some poor experiences with the app and with some of the technology, especially early on. But for us, it was almost flawless. So we were lucky enough just to have the whole experience just work together with the app, with the with the performers, with everything. It was just fabulous. I'm again. I'm so excited to go back <laughs> just to to watch it happen again and and see the the interaction between the technology and the experience itself.
1: Let's see. But, I'm hearing you guys talk about this. I'm sitting here cracking a smile because I know how it's done. and I can't say a <laughs> word. I just can't say a word.
3: <laughs> we have so many theories. We have breakfast meetings where we just try to reverse engineer what the magic um, and wh- whatever it is you have uh, put together. It's astounding yeah. to experience it.
1: Like well, yeah. Speaking of reverse engineering, there there's a couple um, Facebook pages that are spoilers, reverse engineering, nope. uh, whether it's the Halcyon or even Galaxy's Edge. And, you know, of course, they're posting up Pictures that me as a cast member should not be posted. Um, what are y'all's take on like those type of groups? Do you do you think they should be there that public to try to break down everything? Because I will say it is hard for me to not respond with I, I, I do every now and then. It's like so close yet so far. <laughs>
4: I think those pages are great. I am a big fan. In fact, uh, we're working with the people, who, the person who uh, put the reverse engineering book on Facebook. We want to have him on the show and talk some more. But yes, I think those groups are fabulous. Mainly because you know it serves the same purpose as those those YouTubers who basically show you how magic tricks are done. And you know they're half right or they're they're not even half right. But they're entertaining to read. And and that's the thing too. That's unique about the star the the Star Cruiser experience is because it's such a a long magic trick, if you will. It's really fun to dissect the experience and try to dig in and see, you know, how did they make it? So, you know, some of it's pretty obvious. Uh, there's some experiences that that are pretty really clear, pretty clear how, how it's done, as it were. But other parts of it just are mystifying, frankly, and it's fun to dig in. So I think those places are good.
3: I think a good yeah. analogy is there's, on Disney Plus today, there was a new series that came out all about you know, the history of, of ILM, you know, yep. Light and Magic is the series. Um, and I, I myself can watch a, a special on ILM and how they do it and still watch Star Wars and be absolutely <laughs> taken by it and I, work with it as an entertainment.
1: I'm working on uh, episode three of Icons Unearthed on Vice Channel. Oh, and they're doing it. It's a six-part uh, uh Star Wars, and it's being done. Uh, executive producer Brian Volk-Weiss, uh from the toys that made us.
0: Excellent, oh, cool. So, oh, yeah. For me, when it comes to those um, types of sites and Facebook groups that are spoiling everything that was behind the scenes, I think those are fine because if you don't want to know the secrets, they don't throw it out there in front of you, so you have you have no choice. If you want the secrets, you can find them. If you don't want to get all the spoilers, you don't have to.
2: Yeah, same. I'd, I'd rather be in the dark and just enjoy it as is, but I understand the curiosity. And so if you've got a, a group of like-minded people that are like, ooh, maybe it's this or maybe it's that, and you kind of work through it in your head and you're having the joy of doing that, but your intent is not to spoil it for everybody else, then that's, that's great.
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, myself, I will never go to those pages. For me, part of the fun is thinking I know <laughs> rather than really knowing. Um, thinking I figured it out, but I do. I really want to know that. No, I, I like there being a little air mystery myself. Well, then you're never wrong, Martin. So there's that. <laughs> but I never know if I'm right.
1: Like I said, I, I go on for the entertainment because I'm always having been there. It's like, okay, yeah, no. <laughs> like one person recently, uh, I guess it's been up for a few weeks. I think I saw 12 weeks. There's a whole list of of things like eight, nine items and it just popped back up again today or, or yesterday. And I'm like, and every time I go back and reread it, it's like, uh, no, 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 no. Close, but no close, but more yes than no. (laughs) Um, so I'm like, I, I just have to, so depending on my mood, it depends on whether I just pop in and go, Oh, this is laughable. Only because I just want to, throw people off just a bit more. And if I didn't, I don't think I would be doing my job as a, as a cast member. I'm not sharing any secrets. I know the proprietary stuff that's going on. I'm not sharing anything, but I'm still helping throw off the, oh, he's palming the ball. Well, maybe, maybe not. Mm-hmm. So, yeah you know, just, a, I think to me, the, the ship is such an amazing experience, and an amazing, amazing character on her own. Um, I want to help keep the air of the mystique behind her. So while, yeah, it, it is entertaining to read, Um, it, it's, you know, others when I see, Oh, here's a picture it's like hey okay, this, this isn't this isn't something that should be out right and i know there was one picture that got posted on facebook and it was a, a backstage picture oh and oh heads went there there was a head hunt mm-hmm. with that one so we're trying to figure out how did this get out drew looks at facebook very quickly now <laughs>
4: So, so when you go with your family, since you know how it's all done, mm-hmm. do you think you'll be able to, uh, and, and, and I remember your your initial show when the experience was brand new, but when you go with your family and you see everybody else kind of getting involved, do you think you'll be able to turn off your your knowledge and enjoy the story or will you all be the whole time going, mm, I know that, I know that? How, how, how do you think the experience would be for you?
1: I, th- I think I, I will be able to turn off the story because I know... Um, since I know the captain, I know Linka, I know Wraith, I know, uh, Wani and Sandro and the gang, um, day by day things change. I mean, it's just like, uh, you could take your favorite band. Uh, for me, one of my favorite bands is Def Leppard. I could watch them five days in a row, how they are day one, how they are day five. It, I could be seeing five different shows and it all depends on what the crowds like, what the, how the the performers are for the day um it it just i mean there's so many different factors that that change it even though we we know story-wise you're you're going on the inaugural sailing after the events of crimson jack the halcyon being attacked by crimson jack and the rehab from that which is what we're getting in the halcyon legacy comic um which i think is great that they're telling what led to the halcyon going into dry dock for the 250th anniversary of the of the ship, the so to go from there, each cruise, even when you guys go for your second time, there's people who will be on that ship for the first time, and all that you know is this is the first cruise since since the dry dock, since the incident, and you know you're you're going off on the inaugural sailing. Of the two hundred seventy fifth anniversary.
2: Yeah, we're really excited. We're you know there are four of us going back that all went the first time, but we've got one additional friend coming with us, and this will be her first time. And so we're, we're uh, we've all talked outside of her saying we're going to spend so much time watching her enjoy herself. Like we're going to live it through her again just to see her because we already know she's going to be beside herself. She's going to be so excited. So we're going to be able to kind of relive it through her, which I think will just ignite our joy all over again.
1: But I think y'all are going to find too. y'all are going to find yourselves on a different journey than what you had the first time and still having fun because yeah. you're seeing things you didn't see the first time.
3: There, there's entire storylines that I did not see for more than a couple minutes. So there's going to be plenty of things mm-hmm. uh, to go back to for a second time. And uh, one of the folks we were talking to, um, he, he really had kind of an interesting idea is that, you know, year, years down the line, uh, could they refresh the storylines? And yeah, they, they really the only thing that's tying it to any era is the excursion, because the Galaxy's Edge is very set in a specific time period. But, you know, Mike was saying, you know, that's the only piece of this that's tying it to a timeline. So if they wanted to play with that or do a different narrative in the future, you know, they, they could. But for the time being, I'm absolutely loving this exact point in time.
0: Well, also, if I remember, right, I've never been there, but Galaxy's Edge, really, if they wanted to change the time frame in that, they just have to change the costumes the actors are wearing because the sets are all straight. I mean, there's a couple ships there that are um, a little time specific, but it's something you could actually not – Pay attention to as much, and you can switch it to original trilogy if you wanted.
3: The only thing that would be a challenge with that is that Rise of the Resistance is very set, yeah, with with characters in a scenario. Um, but other than that, yeah, I mean they they could you know meld that I'm sure in some fashion. But uh, we love theorizing about the how do they you know swap this around if they ever wanted to if the need ever arose. But um, my, myself, I think Galaxy's Edge is absolutely sensational a grand slam. That's why, really, in the initial marketing that wasn't quite hitting the mark in my mind for a Star Cruiser, I kept going back to, these are the people that did Galaxy's Edge. Have some mm-hmm. faith, they will deliver. And I, I believe they did. I mean, we, we were at Galaxy's Edge uh, immediately uh, upon opening and were just gobsmacked by how it feels like Star Wars. Right. It it- absolutely. It, I, I've never seen Batu in any film or TV show. I've never seen these buildings. I've never been in you know Oga's Cantina in a series before, but it feels 100% completely real. Well, well it
1: it is referenced in uh, Solo. Right, right. Reference, yes, that's correct. So, um, But uh, for those who don't know, Galaxy's Edge and even the Star Cruiser takes place between uh, The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker. So it what-
0: would be kind of hard to put it between Force Awakens and The uh, Last Jedi. Yeah, that's, that's just mere hours. <laughs> this is like the next day.
1: <laughs> um, but it, it's... Could, even though California, I don't know if they've done it here in Florida. California has added Fett and Finnick Shand to the walk, which hey seems odd because you're now disrupting the timeline. But I guess you get away with it a bit more in California because you don't have a connection with the Star Cruiser as well. Um, I don't know if they could do that here.
3: I think that would be an issue. Mys- myself, I love the purity of Galaxy's Edge, but at the same time... I see the kids' faces when they see Boba Fett and Fennec Shand, and I have to just kind of choke back my own initial timeline um, because, darn it, it's like it's like Avengers Campus. The the kids love meeting these heroes and characters in Avengers Campus, and they they love doing it in Galaxy's Edge. So, um, but yeah, I think that that's correct. I think you're. I agree with you that in Florida, that would be a more difficult thing. I mean, they're trying real hard to make sure characters that shouldn't. Intersect, you know, Kylo Ren will never run into Boba Fett. They say right. in California. Right. Uh, so, but it, is it a can of worms? Sure, but do the do the kids love it? Yeah, yeah, the kids love it. <laughs> you got it. I want the kids to love
0: it. Well, as of right now, as far as we know, Boba Fett's still alive during the uh, uh, sequel trilogy.
3: Sure,
1: I mean, so I, I think I, Shand would, definitely would be really old, old but because, yeah. <laughs>
2: Not McNa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She'll
1: never look old. She's ageless. Yes. So um, y'all mentioned earlier, y'all were just at San Diego Comic-Con. Yes. What was some of the Star Wars stuff y'all saw at Comic-Con? Hasbro.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I think Hasbro would send out a a, a a wanted persons if I didn't show up to that panel yeah. every year. Um, but we also went to the the Del Rey, you know, Lucasfilm publishing panel. There really wasn't a whole lot of uh, discussion about the the films or the the different Disney Plus series. That's probably going to be more of a D twenty three. Right thing coming up uh next month or two months from now. Well yeah. oh, and they um, just
1: they just did celebration back in April, right?
3: right. Yeah. So I, I think they're saving something in the tank for for D twenty three. But uh the Hasbro panel, hey, I got to see how how you know we're gonna be spending our money for the next you
2: know, year. <laughs> year. Yeah.
1: Um they also has some of the costumes from Andor. Yeah, they
2: did on the floor, yeah, they did. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. Uh, I'm so excited for Andor.
3: And they also had the uh, the B two EMO the B two yeah, droid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was really interesting to see a, a full size prop of that, you know, uh, on the floor. But uh, Andor, I myself am thermonuclear excited uh, for Andor. Andor, I bring it bring it to my eyes right now.
2: They named the droid B
1: two EMO. emo.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is so cute. The, the
1: nickname the nickname supposedly is B two, but it could also be
2: EMO. It's going to be EMO. It's going to be,
1: be emo. EMO amongst the fans. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I what what are you are you excited to see Andor? I am. I am cuz it's I think if they could do an Andor series right, it could set up um either a one-shot movie between Empire and Return of the Jedi with the Bothan spy network. Oh, hello. Or or even potentially a one or two season series about the Boston spy network leading up. That's that's set in between, um, Hoth and the battle of Indoor. Ooh,
3: I have not even considered that. No, I neither okay, my, my head's exploding right yeah, now. Yeah. I want to see that. Exactly. I want to see that now. Many Balthans really cool. died to bring that information. So, Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I'm kind of what you got, Derek, I think you're on mute. Say,
5: I, I'm interested to see what they do with the Andor series. Um, it should be good,
1: because we're going to be with it for a while. Yeah, I think they said yeah. five seasons is the plan. Nice. Yeah, plus it's it's twelve episodes the first season. Yeah. Yeah. And supposedly no K two S O this first season, which is fine.
0: Yeah, I think we're also going to see a lot of. Um, Rebel showed us some of it about the um, alliance coming together as actually an alliance, not just a bunch of splinter cells, resi- individual resistances. I think we're going to see a lot more of the, um, the rebellion becoming organized.
1: Uh, I thought they said this is supposed to parallel the events of Rebels.
0: Well, there'd be the right time to be doing that. Cause that's what they're doing. On rebels shooks. Rebels was about a single cell. Right. This, I think you're going to get a lot more possibly and, or um, contacting other cells and coming together Yeah. as a spy. He can get
5: out there and find yeah. these other cells. I would like to see him uh engage with some of the other cells and just see what they are, what, what cells
1: are out there. I w- we, we, go ahead.
3: We know that Saw is out there mm. right now. And boy, you know, we, we've seen him before. That time period, we've seen them after, you know, slightly after. So, you know, we yeah, the the rebel cell saw. I'd love to see how all of this kind of coalesces into. We, we know else.
1: we know Mon Mothma is out there. We know Dodonna's out there.
3: I mean, <gasps> actually,
1: I would
0: say they could bring in some of the um, slightly touch on some of the uh, story threads that they left open at the end of Solo. Because uh-huh. yeah. the rebellion worked with the criminal underworld all the time. I mean, where do you think they
1: got supplies and such? Could, could we have Kira in the Crimson Dawn oh. making an appearance? Yes, please. How, <laughs> I how, no. <laughs> how many other fulcrums are there besides Ahsoka? Because the fulcrum was a, from what I was led to believe, was a network.
3: I, I, I remember watching that episode for the first time and Christine's jaw just dropped. When the fulcrum reveal finally came out, her her jaw just hit the floor.
1: So, yeah, I, I think I said it was Ahsoka like after the third or fourth episode that they had the the, the fulcrum voice. Like, this is Ahsoka. The the, the terminology and whatnot is so Ahsoka.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, it was it was nice because during the pandemic when we were all stuck at home, uh, we wa- I hadn't watched it before, and we watched every episode of Clone Wars, and then we watched every episode of Rebels. So I was like engulfed in that time period for a very long time and very happy to be there.
1: <laughs> Since you mentioned uh, Hasbro was the big one with the Star Wars releases, what was y'all's biggest takeaway uh, from the Hasbro panel? Uh,
3: I myself, I'm a three and three quarter inch vintage, you know, collection guy. I mean, I've been I've, I'm an original you know, OG 1977 Star Wars fan. So I, I had the early bird kit. As a kid, I've, that was a core piece of my childhood. So to see them finish off the original 12 mm-hmm. in the Red Collection, um, I, I cheered. I loved it. To see a, a Jedi wave finally come, I mean, they've done a couple Star Wars waves, they've done Empire, Let's See a Wave from Jedi. And I think their character selection was spot on. Um, give it to me. I, I love the Black Series. The Black Series is great, but I'm a, I'm a three and three quarter guy, I'm a vehicle and playset guy. Um, the, the figures, are, the figures are awesome. But for me, you know, the reason the black series doesn't a hundred percent connect with me is I'll never have an ad at for it. Right. I'll never have slave one for it. If they built it, I couldn't afford it or put it anywhere. Right. I mean, Star Wars takes up our entire house and, uh, <laughs> we're running out of space here. But um, I thought Hasbro came out with a really, really strong selection this year. I do wish they'd start bringing their convention exclusives in person again. This whole QR code pre-order thing is um, a little, little bit anticlimactic, but uh, I, I get the logistics it. Yeah, that. It's,
0: it's pretty bad when um, not only can they um, not get their toys into stores, because the stores are always either empty or it's just peg warmers, mm-hmm. that's it. They can't even bring it when they come personally
1: to a convention. They can't, I, still can't get the stuff there with them. Pre-order now, you'll get it. You'll get it before San Diego Comic-Con next year, right? <laughs> if you're lucky.
3: Yeah, and the items aren't even exclusive. I mean, they're just advanced pre-orders now. So, I mean, yeah. I, if I was yeah. gonna say something to Hasbro, I'd say, please bring back exclusive exclusives. Um, that'd be great. I mean, I'm, 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 I look back at their exclusives over the years, and they've really came out with some winners. Um, my, my my character, Jorg Sekul. Uh, that I that I play in, in conventions and on Star Cruiser is actually originated from yep. a Star Wars exclusive from Celebration so, yeah. Two. Yep. I have him that, downstairs too. <laughs> that's who I'm playing. I've I just taken the character as you know a little bit later on in life, whereas this Jorg cool character. So I mean the Hasbro DNA is you know very strong and with this one, and I, I I think they brought a great show. It was great to see. I'm I'm also a, a very big you know GI Joe guy. I don't want to do too much. You know crossing crossing the streams but uh between gi joe and star wars hasbro is a very significant line item in our
1: entertainment yes <laughs> I, I was looking at what characters are coming out for the um for the black series jedi and they have chewy with the and hopefully they do that head sculpt that they showed the picture from with the with the wing wing flip on his forehead where the hair the yeah. hair just kind of comes up and over up and over yeah, where it looks like the eyebrows are sitting up on top of his forehead. Um, I, I hope they do that, uh, that they haven't done that sculpt. Um, I didn't see them talk about, or I saw the picture, but I didn't see it talked about. What are their plans with Black Crescenton?
3: How, how they're not absolutely throwing Crescenton merch at us is, is is a mystery to me. Yeah. How did they not realize, just on paper, that this character was merchable until the end of time? Right. um you know, Funko had a really really great exclusive for McCon this year the the flocked Kirsten, and uh, we loved it it's one of our favorite pieces of this this year from Funko um, but yeah how hasbro's not doing that that's that's weird dots so
1: we, well, we're trying to I'm I'm going to get it anyway because oh, I I just collect Wookiees in general and with the black series I will collect wookie uh, I'll keep doing the wookies cuz that were wookie oh, to oh, me oh. looks amazing i really oh. like it
3: uh, done. done. I mean, did the Cam oh. being a pumpkin?
1: Yeah, it's uh, great.
3: Like, I, I'm not a huge, you know, one of these, you know, holiday repaints. I think they're fun. They're cute, but you know, I have to kind of focus when you're when you're over a thousand figures in a collection. You got to focus, and the seasonal stuff
1: isn't my bag, all it. But that but, one but we the, just looked at, and the best got her done up like candy bars. Oh,
3: it's magic. And I, I got to tell you, I thought that the the, the stormtrooper or clone trooper um, skeleton uh, skeleton. Was pretty cool too. I mean, yeah. I thought that both of those two exclusives were were on point. But that that
1: Wookiee is where Wookiee. But going back, uh, the f- the first Black Chrysanthem, everyone's so underwhelmed about it. And I'm like, yeah, I am too, but I'm still gonna get it because it's a Wookiee, yeah. it's Chrysanthemum. Um, I, they, I mean, he's not as big. Of, it's it's like it's a new head sculpt on a chewy body. Yeah. Like, Okay, so I'm, I'm curious with the Black Series, if they're going to do a bulkier body for the Mando line.
3: Hope so. I believe so. I mean, especially yeah. the the Black Series has that, you know, extra plussed up price point. You know, the deluxe, and I, I think that uh, Cristan would fit really well into that, you know, $30, you know, $35 you know, deluxe yep. Black Series price point. I, I, I think that there was no way that we're not getting that. I just, I, just a matter of when.
0: I'm wondering if they tried to do um if Lucasfilm may have tried to do with Chris and what they did with Grogu and no one knew he was going to be no one at all outside of Lucasfilm knew he was going to be there until he showed up.
3: Interesting. Yeah, but
0: if if they But I don't think he would be as big of a secret reveal as Grogu was.
1: Right. Yeah, but if Hasbro knew that they were going to do the comic line whether he appeared in the, in the show or not, they still did him a misjustice. Yeah. And I say that as someone who's still going to end up getting that figure. It's just like, I'm a huge Jackson fan. Nice. I have the Jackson black series ahead. I'm a little disappointed in, but it doesn't matter. It's Jackson. And I really like Jackson.
3: <laughs> Something that you may want to take a peek at is at the Cotobuca, uh booth this year, they had the Jackson yeah, PVC yeah. statue yeah. that I think is uh, really on point. Um, Again, it's bigger than the Black Series figure, so of course it's going to be more detailed, but that might be worth considering. Yeah.
1: Um what I'm hoping for is Hasbro does Resantin in vintage collection and in retro. Oh. Please. If if they do a Book of Boba Fett wave that has the other characters that we don't see the wave too because uh, Finnick needs to be in that wave. Um, Persantin needs to be in that wave. Um, at this point in time, uh, I'm trying to think who else could be added. One of the Gamorreans. Oh, I'd love to one see of the, one of those. Gamorreans one of the, in there. the newer, skinnier Gamorian would be great. Um, a mayor,
3: yeah, a uh, mayor. I, I gotta say, I really wanted Danny Trejo. I'm not gonna lie, yes. I really
1: Danny, to- Danny Trejo would be <laughs> I a great for a retro.
3: Just one of Danny yeah. Trejo's figure, uh, but the mayor. Wow, what a great idea that would be. What a visual! <laughs> the mayor would
0: dis- be cool. I think you need the Maitre D' first, because he we the mayor we saw once or twice, but that Maitre D' uh, twilight Maitre D' was uh, crazy. Yeah. He ate at the screen every time he was there. Oh, you do. i I'm just gonna I think. Th-
1: I think we just got our. I think we just got our six figure wave right there. So <laughs> let's
3: talk about wave two.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we could Cad Bane Cobb Banth. Oh,
3: you know. Cobb oh, Banth.
1: Well, actually, yeah, cop bath newer style Tuscan. Um, yeah. So, um, see, I'm still- Hey, wa-
0: maybe they can get that $400 um, Rancor out finally. <laughs> 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 it's it out as a two-pack with Danny Trejo.
2: There you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that little sled thing they brought him in on. <laughs> see, that ra- would make it for-
2: like Oh yeah, Sanctuary Place, that'd be cool.
1: I, I think that would be, bring back the Rancor, make it slightly bigger- as a extra large three and three quarter inch rain course and make it a little bit bigger than the normals. Trejo is a is um an upgrade. Peck. Yeah. The sled is an upgrade. The saddle attachments be an upgrade.
0: And also you could even um whether you do plastic or cardboard, but do the backing of the um the pit. Like we said before. It's like so you have a backdrop
1: behind it. I, I think at this point in time, if you did a Trejo figure, you did the sled, you did the saddle accessories, I'd be okay with the cardboard background. So yeah. It's like a tier if one. If not, we know a guy. If not, <laughs> we know a guy. Uh-huh. Um, what? I forgot okay, where it's going to go. Gonna go. Um, speaking of collections, I guess, what are some of your favorite pieces? Uh, This goes to each one of y'all.
4: Well, oh, I, I am not the Star Wars collector, so I, I live vicariously through you and uh, Martin and Christine. So you guys, Martin, why don't you talk about yours? Oh.
3: I got to tell you, one of my very, very favorite pieces, it's one of the very first pieces ever made. It's one of the uh, California Originals tankards, uh, the Chewbacca, and it's it's said to be one of George Lucas's very favorite pieces, and it's just funny how they – Captured the essence of Chewbacca so perfectly, so early on. This, you know, you always see the angry Chewbacca, and this is just a really peaceful, serene, really intelligent-looking mug—a fine ceramic mug of Chewbacca. And they made one for Vader. They made one for you know Ben, you know Obi-Wan Kenobi. But the Chewbacca one—just look up California Originals, you know Chewbacca—and you'll see a piece of art that is. It's I absolutely adore it. It, t- it took me a long time to find one of the. Uh, the actual original originals. Uh, There's a bunch of recasts and whatnot, but um, that's one of my very favorites. Well, Christine, what's what's one of yours?
2: Um, Mine actually isn't an action figure. It's actually an art piece. Um, When we were at... We at Celebration. No, last time we were at Disneyland. Uh, we all went to breakfast near the park, and they were having an art exhibit there. And one of the artists had painted a huge mural on one of the walls uh, of um, the character, the six main characters from Rebels. And I, I mean, I was just blown away because it wasn't so very long after we had just finished the series, and uh, ended up finding. The artist, and without telling Martin, went ahead and bought it. And now that's in our house, and I just absolutely love it.
3: It's just, like Art Deco colors. It's a teeny bit Warholian colors, yeah. but uh, yeah, it's amazing.
2: But it captures all six of the characters, including Chopper, um, perfectly. I mean, y- you can see who those characters are just by looking at that piece of art. Drew? Well,
4: well, the the, the main thing, one of the things that I enjoy, and actually my son saw it the, early on, is when you and uh, Martin went to Galaxy's Edge, one of the pieces that you brought home for me as a present was that uh, it looked like the data disc for that that Leia puts inside R two, and then they use that obviously in Rogue One. So it's a nice metal piece, and it looks like the the actual. You know, it looks like a prop from the movie. It's really nice. It does have a QR code, so you can listen to the music um, inside Ogus Cantina on Spotify,
3: which is nice. But the fact that it looks so cool and so real is just really awesome.
1: I have totally I missed that totally.
3: one. That was uh, such a fun little giveaway. As a matter of fact, they, you know, Disney's gone on record as saying we're going to get more of Gaia's Music, the character from Galactic Star Cruiser. And my guess is that they're going to do something similar at this D23. They're going to have some kind of giveaway or release with that. But, yeah, that was one of the coolest giveaways. That's a great. And everyone who sees it always goes, what is this? And I said, well, let me tell you. Let <laughs> me tell you a story. Um, but if we're going to actually talk about it, if we do want to go back to toys, if you're going to ask me, boy, out of the thousands and thousands of, you know, Kenner and Hasbro Star Wars pieces that have been made, it's funny, my very favorite one, the one that gives me the most joy upon initial release and to this day is, matter of fact, it's right behind us over here, is the Star Tour Star Speeder that they made. It's so ridiculously over engineered. I mean, the doors open and make that exact wonderful sound. Mm-hmm. You can interchange the screens, and it makes there's dialogue from each of the different scenes uh you put Rex in and it, it's got all of Rex's dialogue or it, it's or it's just incredible how much care went into that than they needed to it just needed to be a plastic shell that to, to hold some figures and they just made this engineering marvel that yeah. i've actually got yeah. another one that i'm taking apart to turn into the you know original you know 1980s era star speeder the um, and blue. Yep. yeah which i think is gonna have to be fun one of the things that's one of my hobbies is i make vintage kenner style packaging for newer toys um so i've got a you know, like i've got a rise of the resistance playset, you know done in kenner style and a, i've got a smuggler's run playset set in you know, a kenner style package um so it's gonna be fun to do that for star tours as well
1: yeah i missed out on the um star speeder so now i'm because it wasn't a focus of my collection at the time and now i'm trying to find it and it's Gonna be a hassle for me. Yeah, that piece surprised me. That
3: that had jumped up a lot. I, I had to wait a uh, a long time to find one that was affordable to get to kind of repurpose. I actually had to get two incomplete ones Ooh. to get one. It was actually a lot cheaper than trying to wait because boy, that one complete. Uh, Kenner Hasbro, you ought to think about re-releasing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the secondary prices on
1: that is kind of crazy. Yeah. Now I have the smaller one, which is still cool, right? I I think I have uh, the one thousand on it. I'm trying to f- find the the three thousand, which is the blue and white.
3: Yeah, I'm actually going to throw a little bit of love on uh, another piece that they had for the Disney parks that I thought was way better than did, the sand crawler they did for the Disney parks. Yeah, way better than I expected. Again, I expected just a plastic shell, you know. And there's a lot of features and a lot of play value, and I, I think it looks really cool in my dioramas and. Um, there's another piece that I thought was just really the, better fun than I thought it was going to be. The
1: only reason why I'm not after that, even though it's a parks exclusive, it's not found in the parks. And, so for me, my collection, I'm trying to go stuff based on what's in the parks. Uh, I have a good chunk of the droids, Star Tours droids. Uh, I need to go back and get the different multi-pack sets for Star Tours that they did. Um, uh, I want to say there's like four four to six sets out on that. Um, so I'm, I'm just trying to find all that. But most, is, most of where I'm going is more, I, I'm selective with the Black Series now, big time. But I'm trying to focus on Disney related, what's in the parks related, Star Wars. So okay. Black Series, yes, I am getting the Star Wars sets there. But I wish they would do the same in the three and three quarter inch. I mean, the, did you get the resistance
3: uh, vehicle from Rise of the Resistance? I did. It, it's a pod. I think that's a marvelous
1: piece. The one I have is got the, it's got uh GG in black and silver.
3: Oh, that's the best one.
1: Which is the one that was when I rode resistance the first time. Awesome. And, and I wish they would sell the, the, the R five droids in their own four pack separate yeah, from, from the, from the ship. Because the, the GG, they don't want to say it's GG, but we know it's GG. Um, the GG in the first order wave two Black Series set for the park is the black and red, which is the one that's featured in most of, of the media shots. So
3: I, I still think the the black and gray one looks the most imperial to me for whatever reason. So
1: uh i've had the black and gray and i've had the black and orange which to me yeah. the black and black orange black copper is more first order more imperial uh those two are, are the most
3: we actually went and made uh the black and orange r our, our droid in uh droid depot mm-hmm. right after the ride because <laughs> you can make an exact you know yeah. we're right here yeah um but that was a lot i i droid depot i mean have you guys done the the droid building there i have that's another thing that we thought that looked so childish yeah. that that's the last thing we did Savis day one we couldn't get in that fast enough but Droid Depot it was not until our second or third trip mm-hmm. uh, to Galaxy's Edge that we said yeah let's just try this and it was a blast you know you pick all the Droid pieces off the conveyor belt and you know, you, you know they got the little Aww. stations where you oh, nice. oh I love, love it. it what's the Droid's name r five zero LD I nice. love it um, nickname is uh, Aldi. I, I, <laughs> I would encourage anyone that hasn't uh, done the droid building, uh, next time you're at Galaxy's Edge, give it a shot. Yeah. Um, It's so much fun to just, you know, they got these stations where you actually build, you put all the pieces together, and, you know, you can stick a personality chip in it to make it sound different. But, um, I was I was just as happy with that as I was with Savvy's. And that's mm. that's a tall bit of talking right there because I think Savvy's is sensational where you build the uh, lightsaber. and
1: love, love mm-hmm. building R5 or building oldie. Uh, <laughs> I built them right before my 50th birthday. That's why R5, zero LD. Nice. <laughs> nice. Excellent. <laughs> so um, guys, you you guys have any other questions? I think we covered a lot of it already. <laughs> then... I'm gonna. To... <laughs> She's been a lot more vocal tonight. Um, I'm gonna to flip the tables and let Heroes of the House Jan ask us a question to you. Which ride is your
3: favorite? Um, Star Tours, you know, Smuggler's Run. Or rise the resistance.
1: So well, I'm the only one who can answer this question because I'm the only one who's been there. <laughs> um, I I have done all three. Uh, I I had to go to Falcon because Falcon's is my ship. Always has been. Always will be. Um, I cried when I saw her for the first time. Thanks. And um, and then when first time we wrote it, we were gunners. My wife and I were gunners because we wrote it during cast previews. Second time we got to be pilots, and she put me in uh, a Chewy seat to pull hyperspace i cried i cried again uh it's that's, that's my ride no matter how cheesy it is no matter how critical i am of they could have easily put the gunners in a different area and left the cockpit a four chair cockpit it, it's, it's the fact that you're flying the falcon you're in the falcon that that's that's my thing
3: the best animatronic in the park bar oh, not- hondo <laughs> hondo but- Definitely, by far. I I could literally just stand in the ready room and watching Hondo give his spiel. Uh, When I walk in, I don't care if the ride is in B-mode, but if the animatronic is in B-mode, I'm crushed because I want to hear Hondo just talk. Um, And let me give a shout out to the Imagineers, both of Star Cruiser and and Smuggler's run, just to kind of give your listeners an idea of how much thought Disney has put into this is that you know, when you go from star cruiser down to your excursion on on Batu in, in Galaxy's Edge you know you're still wearing the star cruiser magic band it knows who you are and when you're about to actually get in the cockpit of smuggler's run hondo comes and gives his last final spiel before you get in the cockpit and he actually has different dialogue saying oh I really see- we have people from this, you know, Chandrilla Starline, the Halcyon Star Cruiser. That you know, fancy you ship up there. The in fan- his dialogue is different Very for funny. that. The thought that they've put into that is just sensational. And and another little tease, because again, we are super fans of Hondo Onaka. We love Hondo. The story of Smuggler's Run follows you back up to the Halcyon. There's a whole bridge training sequence yep. that you do that ties into the story that of Smuggler's Run. So uh, if you like Smuggler's Run, there, there there's more of yeah. that beautiful, beautiful piece of entertainment.
1: Well, it, and it's funny. Um, the way Smuggler's Run is set up, if you look back at the beginning, the thoughts – Of the Star Cruiser, even if it was just going to be here in Florida, is there from the get-go. Because, you know, you're going out trying to find Quaxium for a special client. Mm -hmm. Who's that special client? Yeah. Those on the Star Cruiser, you know it's Gaia.
3: It's truly 4D chess. They're so far ahead
1: uh, of where you think
3: they are. Um, I, I have to say something about smugglers run that I'm kind of curious to get, you know, everyone's opinion that's been on the ride is it, it differs depending on who you're in the cockpit with. You know, if you're in it with just a bunch of strangers, it's still fun. But if you're in that cockpit with a bunch of family or friends, all just laughing together to me, that experience is fundamentally different. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I was a teeny bit cold on that ride at first, Uh, that attraction just it it, for whatever reason it just it maybe it was too on rails it fell whatever the the, visually amazing to be able to sit in the hold outstanding but the actual physicality of it just didn't strike me but then as i've ridden it with so many of my friends that we're were taking to disneyland to see this i've really warmed to you know i could be a gunner and have a great time because i want them to be a pilot and i just see the joy that they have of of experiencing just to me that i've really come to appreciate that ride more. Yeah, the
4: experience is, it definitely is on rails, but when you see that first person go, wait, I am controlling it within the parameters or within the limitations, it's really cool to see that that spark when they realize they're flying it.
3: I mean, it, it was a couple times before I, because I, I always, always tried to get pilot naturally, uh, but like the, the engineers, you know, no one ever dreamed of being an engineer on the you know, pilot and gunner. Sure, I dreamed about that all the time, but I never dreamed about being an engineer but then you realize, okay, but those are the harpooners. You're, you're the one harpooning the crycoaxium. So there's there's more to it than, than immediately meets the eye. So as much as we all still want to be pilots all the time, every time, <laughs> um, gunners and our, you know, the engineers are a better role um, once I realized there's more to it than I originally kind of gave it credit for. But um, let, let me throw a, a question out to, to everybody that I'd, I'd love to get your opinion on. If you could see you know, one character in Galaxy's Edge. You know, whether it's era appropriate or not, I, I'm always going to go era appropriate. But if you could see any character in Galaxy's Edge, who would it be? Hondo. I want to see walking him walking around. Walking around. Yep. Oh, that's that's it. I'd go tomorrow.
0: Yeah. I'm thinking. Sound <laughs> right. like it was way back when when there's only the three movies. So <clears throat> <clears throat> my favorite character's always been Luke, but I don't know if I'd want to see him walking around. Um, you couldn't technically
1: at this point. Well, I guess you can since we're, we're breaking timelines.
3: It was, t- it was painted in blue. Force ghost. <laughs> uh, you know, frankly, that's an interesting thing to do a photo op with a force ghost old Luke Skywalker.
0: And they've figured out how to do holograms at the different Disney things also. Uh-huh. So imagine actually seeing a force ghost hologram of Luke Skywalker oh. somewhere. You could actually have Mark Hamill do it.
3: Oh, I would be so down for that. Yeah. That's a great answer. So, yeah,
0: a Force Ghost version of
3: Luke. Ooh.
0: <laughs> Love it.
5: Dar- hmm. That's a good question. Uh, hmm. Trying to, trying to think of maybe somebody different, like not the usual. Uh, I'm going to say, um, it oh, really is
1: tough. I'm
5: going to go with,
1: uh... I'm drawing a blank. Come back to me. (laughs) Uh, If we're staying time period, I would love to see um, Commander Pyre. Ooh, yes. Or if they're willing to do it, even though he he dies before where we're supposed to be in the book, he dies before where we're supposed to be in in the park, Uh, Captain Cardinal as well since we've gotten those figures. Uh, but any time period, uh, I would love to see um, Afra. Oh, mm, wow. Yeah, yeah, I'm really enjoying and, it. She's my, Yeah, And um, maybe even see uh, either Umbo or Cab Bane.
3: Ooh, Cab Bane. I, I want to see an IG droid. They have a variety they could pick from. Yeah. Pick an IG Droid because yeah. I think they could do it. I mean, it may not be fully ambulatory, walking around, but they could have an IG Droid somewhere in that park. If I if I had one thing that I would change about Galaxy's Edge, as much as I love it, they need to have more characters walking around. And I get that there's logistical and cost, you know, pieces to that, but um. They do need to have a couple more characters just, walking just want
1: more, I just want more bounty
3: hunters. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> even even if they're original to the park.
3: Uh, yeah. ba- Bosk. I mean do, do we know what the age would be on Bosk right now? I mean uh, if, if I would they love pull, to see Bosk. Bosk if, if off Wani. I mean that char- the Grodian character Wani on the ship, I mean her mouth articulates mm-hmm. and she talks. To me, the Wani that character's execution, you know, not not she does not die. But the how, <laughs> how, how how they executed the the, the <laughs> character as a, as a physical creation to me absolutely floored me like floored mm. uh, more more than any other single boy. I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna re I'm gonna re answer that question you asked earlier about what's your single favorite thing. The character of Wani standing in front of that character is you'll never get that experience anywhere else on planet Earth anywhere anywhere. I mean you're standing next to a fully fledged Rodian talking to you mouth moving in mo- and 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 like not just randomly like speaking correctly and uh, speaking how it is yep yeah and and the, the the performers i don't know how many performers they have doing that character I, I, I being enclosed in that mask i just can't fathom how how much of a challenge that is but boy those characters um but yeah I, I, if they can pull that off i don't see why they couldn't pull off Bosque. Yeah. Seemed doable. Yeah. Well, I'm not sticking
4: with error appropriate. I just want to see Lobot because oh. I, I just have a son uh. And every hour on the hour, he would wake up. So Oh, fun. Um, hmm. Boy, that,
3: the wheels are turning here. Um,
2: okay. So wait. So along that same line, along that same line, which Star Wars character would you like to have a drink with?
3: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. So I, I'm assuming it does not matter time period. Nope. Effer. Yeah, there's a good answer. Ooh, I got to put? I, I figured that out. I figured out who I'd
5: like to see walking around. Perfect. Um, oh, nice. Um, I'd, like, I'd like to see Cal Kestis with oh. uh, you a, you a fully functional. You win.
3: That, that wins. Uh, I got to tell you that that's doable because we we saw folks at Celebration with articulated, moving BD droids like that were yeah. fabulous. That'd be cool. Um, look up Princess and the Scoundrel and uh, Steven You know the the Scoundrel half of that. Uh, he he came as a Star, you know, Star Tours engineer that one day. or you know, Star Tours or or CSL engineer that one day, and he had a fully articulated you know, BD droid that would like move up on the shoulders, just like the droid yeah. does in the game. And he was doing it like a, a puppet, like pulling the cords on a puppet, and it would like move from cool. shoulder to shoulder, and it was the coolest looking thing. So if, if he can do that without a Disney budget, boy, if, if, right. if you know, oh. get the, someone at Disney talk to that guy, cause he, he knows how to do it.
0: Well, we had, um, we know from the newer movies since Disney's bought it, that um, they do tap into the fan community when needed for things. Because we had droid builders building the droids for the movies. You mm-hmm. had the 501st in Mandalorian.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> well, it, it was a droid builder that built the first remote control non-puppet BB-8. Oh,
3: that's right. Because yeah. yeah. everything wow. in
1: the movie is all puppet. Wow. And then and then all of a sudden we get the BB-8 we see on, that appears on stage at Celebration when he's introduced is not a movie, was not a movie movie used BB-8.
3: Interesting. Wow. Yeah, these droid builders are just something else. Yeah. Like the, th- they had a fully a full-sized articulated Probot uh-huh. at Celebration. You know,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you guys at Celebration?
3: No, no.
1: I haven't been since 2017. Um,
3: this is our first time. This was our first. Yeah, you know, we go to Comic Con. We this is our 20th Comic Con, but we'd never been to Celebration before. Um, Google Celebration Probot and the arms moved, head turned. It was astounding. I mean. Uh, he had a snow base for it to, to you know, go around, yeah, on, around and, on. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, unbelievable craftsmanship. And again, this is done just as a hobby. Yeah. Um, and, and it looked 100% camera ready. Someone get a camera. We're on Hoth. Let's go. Um,
1: there but can. let's get
3: back to that drink question. Boy, I'm <laughs> Dr. You know, Dr. Afro, that's a great one. Who else would we like to have a drink with? Boy, I, I Lando. <laughs> Lando. I, wanna, you know, I, 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 I think Lando would have some pretty cool stories to tell about that, that that
1: universe, man. For for some reason, I think if I have a drink with Lando, I'm going to end up owing more, <laughs> paying for more drinks than just his.
2: Uh, I, really, You're gonna lose I, would
5: like, I would like to have a drink with Qui-Gon Jin. Hmm? Mm, Good cool. choice. Good choice. I would like to tap into that mind of his. Yeah. What
1: about you, Ken?
0: I am not sure. My mind goes to like 15 different ones. So I was like, who's the one that I would want to sit down and talk to? Maz Kanata. Oh, Oh, that
2: would be cool.
0: No, even not just sitting down with her. You walk up to the bar, you have a seat
1: and she's the bartender.
2: That's cool. That'd be great.
1: So my final question, where can people find you guys online?
2: You can find us at, and let's see, Halcyon underscore heroes on Twitter. Or Here is the Halcyon on Instagram. You can always email us at here's of the Halcyon at gmail.com. And every Friday is a new episode of Here's of the Halcyon.
1: Excellent. Of course, you can find us at Wookie Radio on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, email us Wookiee Radio at gmail.com. And on that note,
4: give the evacuation code signal.
1: I can hold it. Pull out! No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2!